0: Hey, yo, guys! What's going on? It's Mike Lee. Welcome to the Millennial Lifestyle Podcast. Okay, we got special we got guest. we got a special guest.
1: Special special guest. I've
0: known it? this guy my whole life. I like to call him a pretty boy. Yeah, <laughs> we we go way back. We actually do go way back. How way actually, way way,
2: way back? How
0: way back? Uh, it's been eleven years, I think.
2: Yeah, eleven plus years. It's eleven plus it's years. changed
0: more than a decade. Wait, so a decade is ten years, right?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, more than that. Who annoys who more? Who annoys you more?
2: Oh, definitely Mike Lee annoys me more.
1: How? Oh, so impersonate Mike Lee. Impersonate Mike Lee. What the fuck? I don't want that shit on camera. Facts. <laughs> Facts. 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 We out here, baby. <laughs> we out
0: here, baby. <laughs> hey, yep. hey. 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 Yep. Hey. Hey. We out here.
2: That's okay. We love each other.
0: Hey, actually, you know, I do. It's
2: a brotherly love. It's a brotherly. It's brotherly love. It's I'm, nothing. I'm, nothing I'm, uh, uh, too
0: crazy. I actually refer to this guy as my brother. Facts.
2: No really like uh you know we would show up at his mom's place and then his mom would be like oh it's my other son and I go it's it's my other mom yeah literally you know? like family and then she would tell her coworkers hey look it's my other son and they li- look at us and we're like
0: yeah yeah
2: this is it literally <laughs> this is it
0: literally how it works, and they
2: just man. they wouldn't it wouldn't register in their minds you know what i mean <laughs> they just can fathom it
0: they they'd be like what the okay i guess but yeah all right so when it's just my it's so my brother, my best friend, Marco. Um, Marco's going to be chatting with us a little bit today about some of the stuff he's doing, giving us some insight on you know a lot of different things. Oh, and then obviously we have to introduce the other guy with the so so those of you who are listening in, Jarrell. Jarrell is wearing a bulletproof vest. Jarrell
1: is booming. Like hey y'all, we got law enforcement without
0: there, a yeah. shirt on.
1: And it feels okay. good In a like, bulletproof
0: vest Like I I honestly I'm have no idea why Bro He literally walked I'm, in the studio Uncomfortable Without a shirt And threw on a bulletproof vest I heard law enforcement
1: Was gonna be here So I was like I've been waiting for this day Since I was born bro this, In the womb
0: Dude like, like Waiting And, and this isn't like Some fashion like bulletproof vest This is like He has a plate carrier in booming. it like right now Like, like booming, booming.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> So All right all right, all right Jerome, introduce yourself real quick so people know who you are. Uh,
1: Jerome Parker, uh, Nerdwood Abs. Um, yeah, I don't want to, I I really don't want to take focus on myself today. I really want to pass it on to Marco because I, I like this guy. I really do. Super young, got his shit together, great career, and just a, uh, a representation of what uh, millennials should strive for at a young age. So go ahead, my bro. Pass the torch to you. Right, I appreciate Marco. that. I
2: appreciate that. All right. Who are you guys? So I go, I go by Don Marco or uh, oh. Marco. Oh. And then for my other friends, they call me Marco or Don Marco.
1: The Don. Um,
2: yeah. All the ladies have entered the chat.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> Instantly.
2: Um, my background right now, currently, I work as a law enforcement officer, so I'm a peace officer. Um, initially, I was doing Army ROTC over at Santa Clara University. Um, and, my alma mater, and even before that, you know, I was doing, <laughs> I was a waiter over at Rosie's New York pizza. Um, and guess who got me that first job? Bowman, Mike over here. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah, that was me. Yeah, know. that was my first job. So I was doing army ROTC. I was going to school full time and I was working as a uh, waiter over at New York pizza. So that's, that's my humble beginnings, uh, to go back even further, um, I grew up in San Jose. I've been from the Bay Area, born and raised in San Jose. Uh, my mom's Colombian. She's from Bogota, Colombia. So obviously that's where the accent comes from. And uh, my dad's French. He was born in the States, but uh, he's a so he, French background. So that's my mm-hmm. background uh, for ethnicity. Um, I've been to Colombia. Let's see handful of times. It was when I was younger because I had more time on my hands. And then as I grew older, I had less, less time on my hands because I've just been working on a lot of things. Um, Throughout my life, uh, my lifestyle was an active lifestyle. I was in, uh, you know, I was doing football, soccer, you name it, sports all throughout high school. Uh, That's where I really peaked um, when it came to, you know, just an active lifestyle. Um, Intellectually, I wasn't really a book type of guy. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really book smart. I was more hanging out, you know, with the jocks and, you know, a lot of, you know, the football lifestyle really brought me out into leadership and whatnot. And that's where the big moments in life where I learned anything uh, was definitely through my high school years because I kind of found myself very at a very early age in high school. And that's where it brought me in life today. Um, so moving on, I, I progressed through high school. I, I, meet, I link up with this guy. Uh, he gets me my first job, you know, we're doing things. Mike Lee has his own company going on. I'm seeing what he's doing. He's seeing what I'm doing. And uh, we come, become much, much closer, not only in a personal aspect, but in a p- uh, business aspect, mm-hmm. right? Because here's Mike with his entrepreneur side, and then here's me um, with my management side. Because what a great thing about Army ROTC is they instilled in me leadership as well as how to operate with uh, a team. Absolutely. Um, I only did the program for two years. I didn't commit to uh, the army. Um, so a cool thing about that program is that after two years, um, you, you can actually do two years for free. So after two years, that's when, uh, they say, Hey, you know what, in order to proceed and in order to move forward in the program, you have to commit to the military, in this case, the army. And that's, you have to either choose between active duty or, uh, reserves, And so during this time frame, I was kind of conflicted of what I wanted to do in life. And uh, one of my family members was a retired San Jose PD sergeant. And he reached out to me. He said, hey, man, I know you're having a little bit of a hard time what you want to do in life. And I know you have a calling for service because he's always seen that in me when, you know, at family events and whatnot and just speaking with him. And he thought, you know what, you'd be a great fit for an officer, man. I think you could do great things. And that really spoke out to me because I was like, you know what? I haven't really looked into law enforcement too much, and and to be honest, I wasn't really interested. Mm-hmm. You know, with my background, you know, uh, predominantly I would be so hanging out and with with my family, I would be hanging out more with my Colombian family. That makes sense, right? I'm I'm with my mom all the time. I'm with my um, with my Latino side, right? So you know, you always have your instances of hey, being a minority group, you know, it's not really a fantastic relationship with law enforcement, right? So a lot of the majority of my friends were also Latinos, right? And so not that I come back from, uh, I don't have a background in which, you know, of where I had issues with law enforcement, but I could see the experiences that which, A, my family went through, or B, my friends went through as well. Mm -hmm. And I learned from those experiences, okay? And some of them were good. They were great experiences with law enforcement, and some of them were bad. There was no true consistency, right? There was no true, I didn't see, you know, like, oh, there was never a doubt in my mind where I go, law enforcement is all bad, and that's the only thought I will have on law enforcement. I always knew that there was, you know, there was an inconsistency with it, and based upon the experiences, I couldn't, you know, just draw a fine line in where I would deem them, you know, horrible or not want to associate with them. So when uh, my family member who was in San Jose PD, a uh, retired sergeant, reached out to me, you know, I started thinking about it. I was like, eh, yeah, yeah. Kind of looks cool, you know? It's a, d- a different aspect in life because uh, in the military, when you serve, you can serve inside your country as a reservist or a uh, National Guard, or you could serve outside your country, right? But you serve in a different way. There's different aspects in, in between military and law enforcement. And when I did my ride-along with San Jose PD, it really opened my mind to how law enforcement plays a big, big role in how society yes. actually operates.
1: Absolutely. And that's actually something that I wanted to get into Yeah, is um, a lot of people don't understand kind of the warrior positions in society and their significance. Uh, so um, I have a brother who's, uh, who's a Marine. he have been to Afghanistan or the middle East. I don't know a particular, a particular country about. So he's been
2: on combat deployments. Exactly. Okay.
1: Um, so I respect for anyone who does this because uh, the stuff I've seen him see, uh, I kind of got secondhand like PTSD from it and everything like that. Um, so I respect anyone who is willing to throw their life on the line for the life that I live. And I know I live a very comfortable life. So anybody in the military, anybody who's in police, um, I have mad respect for that. Um, and so what I really want you to do is talk about your experience and how that opened your life. Really go into how um, enforcement plays a role in society and uh, your experience in that right along.
2: Right. Most definitely. So uh, long story short, uh, I did not end up uh pursuing the ROTC program. I did not complete it. I actually quit and I joined and I started putting applications in towards police departments. Mm -hmm. I got picked up by a small police department. I was blessed with the situation because at the time I was, I don't know, I want to say I just turned 20. Mm -hmm. I just turned 20 and I went through the police academy at 21. I turned 21 in the police academy and then here I am on the streets as a 21 year old uh, policing everyone. Right, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. from all age, from all ages, all ages, right? Uh, when you when you're a law enforcement officer, you come across anybody from any de- demographic, any age. It, it, you know, there's no limit. There's no limit, and you come across all their problems as well. So, um, it opened my mind because before being a police officer, I never realized what police officers truly did and how did they operate. Mm-hmm. Because the one problem that I have or I had with law enforcement, and to, you know, I also at times, I, I bring this up a lot with uh, other officers when I speak with them. Uh, a big problem we have, especially in the United States, is that there's there's very limited transparency between law enforcement and uh, the community mm-hmm. on how law enforcement operates. Mm-hmm. You don't really see their mindset going into things. You don't really know the why or the reason that they operate a certain way. Mm-hmm. So with that, uh, people don't truly understand, you know, what's going on most of the time when law enforcement is involved. And so they're either a scared B uh, they uh, they take on some mindset or mind frame that is, uh, you know, given to them by somebody else that perceives my uh, law enforcement in a certain way. And then they adopt that without actually, you know, having any like, su- like, uh, how would you say like substance to it like actual uh, food for thought or anything like that. They just adopt it because you go, they go, oh, okay, so and so believes this way, it must be true. Right. Because they haven't seen the other side or they haven't experienced the other side. So that talk, makes sense. Talk
1: about some of your interactions with um, just the community and how you approach it, how you approach when saying you're doing like a traffic stop or anything like that. Um, oh. How you talk to people.
2: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So I, I know that every time I approach somebody, I would re, I would uh, go back to the, my experiences of law enforcement. Like, for example, I've been pulled over multiple times in my, in, my, uh, in my life, and I've been treated differently multiple times in my life when it came to law enforcement. And I knew that it was always the officers that were respectful, polite, and showed me decency that I enjoyed those experiences the most, and it helped reflect, uh, it helped reflect law enforcement in a positive light. And that's uh, who I wanted to be now that I was now in this position, mm-hmm. right? because uh, that's what I think we need, especially in today's times. Absolutely right. Um, so I know for me, when I'm on the streets, I'm firm on the streets, okay, but at the same time, I show respect and I, I, I'm polite, and uh, if things get escalated, um, I know that I have the ability you stay cool, calm, and collected within a, you know, anything that would say, for example, pose a threat to me, Mm -hmm. or maybe, uh, for a normal individual who does not have training or has not thought about this thought process, you know, they would, um, escalate things where they shouldn't be escalated in the first place. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it really comes down to your training, your mentality and how you want to be and how you want to be perceived. And, uh, for me, it was, you know what, uh, let me just be this cool guy on the streets Uh, that does the job, but does more than what the job needs. That makes sense, right? To exceed uh, expectations and standards uh, when it comes to actually engaging with the community rather than just doing my job and doing the basic and just moving on from there, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, like a traffic stop. Um, that's a common practice for, for officers. It's, it's a common thing. You know, we pull people over all the time for either minor or major infractions or, you know, uh, other crimes, whatever the case may be, traffic stops play a big part in, in law enforcement. And it can be one of the most dangerous things that we encounter on the street because we don't know who we're going to be talking to. Right. Um,
0: so what's kind of like the best way to kind of help law enforcement officer be comfortable when doing a traffic stop and what are things that you should and shouldn't do so and to give you guys some background so i actually ask i actually anytime anything comes up when it comes to traffic stops or law enforcement i call marco (laughs) anytime i have a question so he's been a real wealth of knowledge to answer some of the questions so yeah so like what do you feel like his best practices when you know at a traffic stop or you know when interacting with the law enforcement officer
2: so when when interacting with a law enforcement officer, I always tell individuals that for the best outcome possible, okay. And when I mean by best outcome, this means just you communicating with the officer, um, to be respectful and polite with the officer, um, because when you're respectful and polite to the officer, that in turn gives us the ability to relax, and also gives us the ability to uh, go about the process a lot smoother, because then we are not alarmed about. You know the potential dangers that we might be we might experience on a traffic stop, if that makes sense. So when somebody escalates the situation or um, starts being disrespectful, disrespectful or whatnot, it's hard for an officer to focus on being professional. And what I mean by being professional, being calm, because now there's new alarms going on in his or her head, right? Because now they have something extra to think about. Rather than saying, hey, you know what, this person's cool, calm, collected, let me just go through the process, and whatever the process may be, whether it's giving your ID or whatnot, um, the interaction is just way better when both parties are super calm, cool, and collected. Now, a lot of people may argue, it doesn't matter uh, whether you're cool, calm, and collected with an officer, the officer should at all times be cool, calm, and collected, right? Right. And uh, I say there's a certain truth to that. That's correct. Yes. An officer for us, we're held to a higher standard, and we should definitely um, act in, in, a, in a higher standard and uh, execute on a higher standard. Most definitely. I agree with that. But the thing is, you got to think about this. Uh, officers are also human beings, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes, even with the amount of training that we have or whoever uh, is behind the badge, in the end of the day, they experience the same emotions that you do, and sometimes people a snap, b start become uh, much more fearful of the of whatever's happening. You know, you just you don't know what's going on with that officer, right? Because we have the same, we deal with the same things, man. We're we're human beings the same way. Um, you know, we got problems at home, just the same time, same thing. We have problems on the job, right? We we experience the exact same things that any other individual experiences. So uh, the, the biggest thing that I say is just be cool, calm and collected, and respectful towards the officer. And hopefully that officer res- uh, reciprocates that same demeanor and treats you with respect and whatnot.
0: And if you encounter a situation where an, where an officer does not treat you with the same behavior, or the same respect, like, well, just, what are your recommendations in those situations?
2: so my recommendations so we're talking about just traffic stops here yeah traffic. okay stops. so let's keep it to just traffic stops because this can go so let's keep it to traffic stops so and i tell this to all my friends it doesn't matter what your background is who you are or what your viewpoint is i always say since now we're living the day and age where we have iphone like smartphones and whatnot and you can record You know, just place your phone on 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 the holder and record the whole incident, whether or not the officer is respectful or he's not. Um, Because think about it this way: if the officer is not respectful and he already is engaging you in in a a bad demeanor, and you think things are going to escalate, it's just going to go that way, whether you're respectful or not, right? What can you truly change by just fighting that officer? Right? Is it gonna is gonna make things worse or is it gonna make things better? In my, perspe- in my opinion, it's going to make things worse. Because that officer's already on edge. He's doing something that maybe he's not supposed to be doing already. And now you're just going to uh, add fire to the flame. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: But do you feel like by recording that adds fire to the flame?
2: Um, well, it really depends on the officer, right? For me, I don't. I could care less. Maybe another officer will be like, hey, you know what? This guy's recording me. I don't, I don't really like it. He might not t- take a liking to it, but it, it shows integrity. You know, it, it, it helps... Uh, helps maintain integrity on both sides. Because nowadays, especially in the Bay Area, I can't speak for other agencies, we have body cameras. Mm-hmm. So for me, in my, in my eyes, it's just like, oh, it's another body camera. You know what I mean? Like, he wants to record for his side. I'm recording on my side. That's completely fine. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. So right. for the
1: record, it's legal to record officers. Oh, yeah, most
2: definitely. Most definitely. It's legal to record officers. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And
0: then so what about those moments when an officer is like, hey, get out your car? Like, what are, what, are, what, are, what, are, what are your general rights that people don't necessarily know about?
2: So, so it's, this is really hard to speak on because a lot of officers operate differently. Whenever I say an individual needs to come out of the car, I explain why, because so the individual knows what's going on. Okay. Um, a lot of officers sometimes don't do that. And I see that causes tension between the individual of like, what's going to happen? What are you going to do to me? Uh, or what's actually wrong. I know a lot of officers like to say, explain everything after the fact uh, for me, how I personally execute this is that I always explain what's going on step by step by step. If the, if the person still doesn't want to cooperate with me or feels that fear, I try to even go even further and to explain them of why I'm doing this. And uh, I, I get the best outcome possible, to be honest, because a lot of people are like, oh, wow, I never saw it that way. Or, oh, wow, yeah. I, I was never explained it that way. Uh, and they actually appreciate it. Now, I always get the individuals, you know, that, they're not going to cooperate no matter what. But then it's on record on my body cam as well as on them that I am coming out and I'm doing uh, more than... Going
1: oh, and above and beyond.
2: Yeah, exactly. Above and beyond to explain it to them, to say, hey, you know what, this is the best outcome possible and this is why I'm doing it so that, you know, it, in, in the end it's like it's their choice whether they want to cooperate or not. I will have to escalate. It will escalate things later if they, if they don't want to, but that's essentially, you know, their choice, Right.
1: Yeah, and the reason why I want to have you on is because I like your approach to conflict resolution. Right. That is super duper important because right. it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't no, always have to go south. Like a lot of people think, uh, and especially from the media, I think like all, uh, and I'm generalizing here, like all interactions with the police is just going to go south. Right. It's going to be an asshole. Right. She's going to be an asshole. So that's what I wanted. That's why I wanted to emphasize with that is like your conflict conflict resolution.
2: Yeah, no, most definitely. I I would say, you know, I I do have like a progressive uh, way of like going about things and that's just because I'm a younger guy and I've experienced certain things and I have a different background than most of these older individuals because that's just how things are right. Mm -hmm. As time goes on, things change, perspectives change and how people deal with things will always change. It'll never stay the same. So here you have a certain group of cops, you know, depends on what the age range is. Um, they probably operate way differently than I do. They may be respectful at it. Maybe they don't want to show respect in certain times. It really depends, right? Uh, As an officer, you have your, at times you have your own discretion on how you want to do things, right? Ultimately, it's like uh, the reflection of who you are shows up in the job, Mm. right? If you see an officer who's, here, actually, there's there's two things that were explained to me in the academy. You could be an officer that's letter of the law or spirit of the law letter of the law means an officer will see the law and see it to a T and make sure that's executed no matter what. Okay. They don't really take any outside thinking on it perspective over there. They just, boom well, done, this is the law and this is what's going to happen. Right. There's a, there's a spirit of the law, meaning the officer is knows what the law is, but he's also adding the totality of the circumstances. Like, is this worth it? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Should I act this way because of this person's circumstance? right? They're adding a little bit more to it. So for example, I'll, t- I'll tell you this, like for laws that, you know, like for example, like a city ordinance where I work at, there's a city ordinance where, um, where, uh, you can't have a gas, uh, uh, leaf blower in certain areas in certain times, certain days. So if I get a call and I have this uh, gardener who's working. And I go up there and I ask him, hey, man, did you know about this regulation, blah, 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 this, this, and that? And I explain to him the, the whole situation. And he goes, no, no, man, I apologize. I'm sorry. There's, there's two ways of dealing with this. Either A, I give him a warning. Say, hey, man, I'm just letting you know, this is, you know, this is uh, the city ordinance here. You could be fine, blah, 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 this, this, and that. Um, or I can just go ahead and give him a citation for it, right? A spirit of the law officer hopefully we'll be giving him a warning and be like, Hey man, just so you know, uh, I could give you a citation for this, but I'm not going to, I'm going to give you a warning. Cause you didn't know. Okay. According to, according, uh, to you that you weren't aware of it mm-hmm. and now you're, you're made aware, right? Where a, uh, letter of the law, he will just be like, okay, I don't really care uh, that you didn't know you're still in the wrong. Here's the citation. Does that make sense? Yep. Absolutely. Right. Uh, same with traffic stops for infractions. Um, and, these, and what I'm saying for here, this is, this is like minor stuff. This is minor stuff. We can't really have discretion when it comes to like certain misdemeanors and felonies because those are, you know, could be major crimes, mm-hmm. right? It's very different. That's why it's, it's a, there's a lot that goes on in law enforcement that a lot of people don't know about of where we have discretion, where we don't have discretion, where our hands are tied and where how we can act and how we should act, right? Mm-hmm. Um... It's just, it's so complex. It's so complex. A lot of people think, oh, it's super simple. You know, choose the humane way or yeah. whatnot. And, or, you know, choose the nice way or show mercy, right? There's some areas where we just can't because uh, we're not allowed to. Or, you know, it'll backfire because they don't see the repercussions of certain, certain crimes. Mm-hmm. Right? They just don't see the aftermath. We do because we deal with it all the time. Right? So... Yeah, man. It's, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of based on like who you are as a person that deals with like what type of officer you'll be um, and how you see things. Right. Because like I said, everything that I'm saying right now could not, there's an officer out there that it may not matter to them whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Right. They'll just operate the way they operate. And if they get in trouble, they get in trouble. Right. And then maybe they'll correct their ways. Right. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I, how I go about things, man. I, I usually I don't see things cutthroat. I never do, never will, um, because I apply that also in my life. You know, I mean, there's nothing. There's a lot of things that are not just cutthroat. Um,
1: Can you go into the need for even millennials and even Gen Z? the younger generation to become officers?
2: Yeah, most definitely. So I always encourage young individuals to go into the police force because then they they can bring their insight with them, their perspective with them, right? If they think something's going on that's wrong, that they think law enforcement should be working on, then why don't you just take that uh, position where, Uh, you know, maybe a bad cop could take that position if that makes sense. Right. You know, why don't you just put yourself in that position where you can actually make change or advise of change? Like, you know, you can always tell your superiors, Hey, you know what? I saw this thing and, you know, I think I could make it better by applying this, this and that. Right. Um, so it's, it's essentially, it's a matter of younger individuals getting more involved in positions like in positions of power like this, especially in law enforcement, that they should be engaging in this so that they can, uh, create a better relationship between them, the community, and law enforcement, right? Um that's that's all I have to say for that because literally you are the future. Our our younger generations are the future for anything. This doesn't have to apply for law enforcement. It can be apply for any any uh any career, right? If you think something's wrong, you work up into where you get into that position of power and you try to change what you think is wrong.
0: Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. And uh I think we're just gonna cut it off there. Um I really appreciate you coming up and uh giving us your insight and
1: everything. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah man, this was good. Actually really needed because uh, a lot of people don't hear this perspective.
0: Yeah, and so what I think that we'll do is we'll probably take a poll and have people ask some questions another time and then we can have you back on. You can ask some questions. Would you be cool with that?
2: Yeah, sounds good, man. Uh, I definitely definitely will answer questions sweet. for the public.
0: Love it, love it. Yeah. All right, well, uh this is a millennial lifestyle with Mike Lee. And Jerome Parker. And what about you, bro? What's your name? Don Marco. Don Marco. <laughs> Don I, uh, Marco, baby. All right. Hey. Peace. Thanks for